Hey guys, just jumping on real quick here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard of it, Anchor is through Spotify. It's one of the easiest ways just to be able to produce a podcast. It's got everything you need in just one place. So Anchor has the tools. It allows you to record, edit, do everything you need to make a podcast right from your phone or your computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcasts on different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many different more. It's an awesome tool. I love using it. I've been using it for a little bit now. And the cool thing about it is it's absolutely free. So if you're interested in starting up a podcast, if you're interested in getting involved in podcast work, then download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It sets you up to be in a trauma bond with them and to be in a trauma bond with partners down the road. Welcome back. Uh, super excited to be here with part two today of really diving into covert narcissistic parents. If you didn't get a chance to be able to see the first video that came out earlier today, go back and watch that because it's really essential to get even some of the groundwork of some of the stuff that we talked about that help bring awareness to what covert narcissism is and how it affects. A lot of times, even going with what we talked about earlier today, a lot of times people don't realize that they've been with parents that are narcissistic or they've been with parents that are covert narcissists and they don't know what's actually been happening, okay? We're gonna dive into a couple little things that I wanna talk about inside this book that we're going through, and then we're gonna actually dive into different aspects of what people said, you know, when they were around these people, when they were around how they made them feel, things like that. And I think that's the part that you're really gonna resonate with and connect with and be like, oh my gosh, like that is totally how I felt growing up, or that's how I felt in that relationship etc etc so we're gonna dive right in anyways my name is ben taylor if you didn't don't know who i am run raw motivations i'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness growth healing and change if you don't follow already tiktok instagram facebook youtube linkedin go ahead and give us a like give us a follow please just be able to help spread that awareness to people out there you can listen to it on the podcast apple podcast spotify amazon music just look up raw motivations you want to hear from the wife trauma drama and life okay that's the new podcast on apple podcast trauma drama and life myself and my wife sit down discuss with you bits and pieces of our life you know from 15 to 20 minutes and try to share answer questions that you guys have multiple things like that check it out if you haven't had a chance to look at the narc app go to narcapp.com n-a-r-c-a-p-p narcapp.com if you want to work with me rawmotivations.com would love to interact would love to help you out any way that i can the book that we're going through today is The Covert Passive-Aggressive Narcissist by Debbie Mirza, okay? It's the same one that we touched on earlier today. We're diving into it now. It's still in the same section of The Covert Narcissistic Parents. And what we want to dive into is I'm going to read a couple sections here, talk about it, and then we'll dive into how it made you feel, okay? So covert, narcissists, covert narcissistic parents are also very out of touch with their kids, they will tell others how their kids are doing, usually sharing glowing reports that are not based in reality. Tommy's doing great, they'll say to friends, but then the truth is Tommy keeps missing school because he's experiencing depression. A lot of times there is a big disconnect of what the parent is saying versus the actual reality. And that, that goes hand in hand with a lot of things the narcissists do, period, that are disconnected, that breed cognitive dissonance in your mind and other people's minds. But you see, just in that example, the idea is Tommy's doing great while he's struggling with depression. The idea is, like, I don't want to be real about what is actually happening. That's part of the mask. I don't want to be real about that because that might reflect back on me being, oh, man, I'm a bad parent because my kid's struggling with depression. A lot of times that's how the thought process goes, is it matters more the image that we put out 
then the kid is struggling with depression. I've heard kids of covert nurses' dads say that it feels to them like he acts like he's listening, but he's not really there. He doesn't really hear them. What they say just seems to bounce off him instead of penetrating his heart and his mind. He acts like he cares, but he doesn't really feel like he does. It's not, it's not a normal back-and-forth exchange with a covert narcissist parent. It's an act and almost feels scripted. It is impossible to have deep, authentic relationships and connections with a covert narcissistic parent. A lot of that goes back to the ego and the entitlement of it's all about me. Like if you're not if you're not engaging in a conversation that's all about me, then why do I want to engage in that conversation? So a lot of times a covert narcissist parent will check out. I'm like there's no point in me engaging with this person because I'm not getting my needs met. I'm not getting what I want. Many times when a covert narcissistic parent gives life advice to their kids, it leaves the kids feeling badly about themselves and questioning their own decisions and their own thinking. Do you ever have that? Where after you go and you get advice, and maybe it's good advice, maybe it's bad advice, but how it's portrayed, how it's given, tears you down. How it's given actually makes you feel like a bigger idiot than when you walked in not knowing the answer. Now that you know the answer, you're just like, wow, I'm an awful person. A lot of times they'll use and abuse the communication and the design to be able to help you in a way that's actually self-sabotaging you. Oftentimes, they'll set the kids up to think they won't be able to handle life on their own. So the children form an unhealthy dependency. One woman noticed every time her son came back from visiting her, his covert narcissistic dad, he would be more down on himself, more scared of life, and he would express thoughts of, fe of feeling lazy. The son never noticed the link that these thoughts only happened after seeing his dad because the manipulation was so subtle. He never heard his dad say that he was lazy or incapable, but somehow... He felt that after being with him, his dad's life advice left him feeling overwhelmed, fearful, and not believing he had what it takes to survive out here on his own. A common theme that I have seen with children of covert narcissistic parents is that it's hard for them to believe in themselves. They doubt their capabilities. And a lot of times that is how the parent has communicated, has instructed, and has you know, corrected different things to make them feel like, I can't actually do anything on my own. I can't actually have capabilities to accomplish what I should accomplish or what I think I should accomplish. Oftentimes, a covert narcissistic parent will make them feel terrible about themselves when they give them advice, but act as if they care and if they're concerned. The children feel downtrodden, discouraged, distressed, confused. It's hard for them to think clearly and feel any strength around their covert narcissistic parent. I've seen that done in relationships. I've, I've done that in relationships as far as how I treated people, how I gave people advice, especially in the workplace. That was a huge aspect because I knew a lot of the answers. I could fix stuff like really instantly. And a lot of times how I would communicate to other people would make them feel stupid or would make them feel degraded, even though I never degraded them. Tone, approach, body language, all types of things that would communicate that to them without me overtly saying it. Some covert narcissistic moms get jealous of their children. They're emotionally immature and extraordinarily selfish. They will encourage their children with a project that the child chooses, but then when the child starts to succeed, the mom will cultivate seeds of doubt in their own mind. These won't be obvious, but the child will feel discouraged and begins to question themselves. 
You see, covert narcissistic parents act as if they care, but they don't have the empathy to really care as someone who is genuine and compassionate. Unconditional selfless love does not exist with a covert narcissistic parent. All right, so I mentioned there, there's going to be a section that you probably resonate with because I want to dive into this. And I think it'd be really good. I'm not going to stop a whole lot going through it, but I want to be able to communicate the list in here that it has of all the research they've done to be able to hear from other people. So it dives in. It says, I asked different women and men how they felt when they were around their covert narcissistic moms or dads growing up. Here's some of the things they said. Okay, so that's what it is. It's just quotes of what people have said saying, hey, this is how I feel when I'm around covert narcissistic mom, covert narcissistic dad. So stick around, listen. If stuff resonates really well with you, then leave it in the chat because I want people to know in the chat that are watching this, they're not alone. Okay. I felt under stress a lot. I felt very apprehensive. I was hyper aware of mom's mood changes. I felt like I was on edge, waiting to know how to feel. I second guessed myself a lot. I had to, it had to be his idea or he would make me pay. I didn't like I was allowed to think bad thoughts about my mom. I felt tense a lot. Money was also a, always a stressful topic. If I did well in school, she would tell me it was because of her because she sat next to me and helped me study. I often had headaches and a tight neck. I felt a lot of anxiety. I felt like I was walking on eggshells, never knowing what would set him off. I felt like there was no way I would win and have his full approval. I felt depressed a lot. I felt like a showpiece. I was never good enough. I felt like everything was always my fault. I felt embarrassed. I was scared to speak up and say what I really thought. I felt constantly judged. And I felt like I would never make it in life without her. I felt confined, suffocated. I felt like I was starving for a self-identity. He controlled me through his emotions. I felt deeply guilty when my mom was upset. I felt like it was always my fault. I felt responsible for her feelings. I felt responsible to make her feel better. I felt small and weak. I felt dependent on her. I didn't feel like I could be on my own independent person. All of this unresolved baggage became mine. She did not want me to leave the house or have friends over. My parents raised me to be dependent on them. I felt like I owed her for being my mom. I felt like I needed to thank her profusely for every little thing. I felt belittled. They were happy, fun times, but I could never relax knowing her mood could change at any moment. He never defended me or stood up for me. I never felt like I knew as much as him. I learned not to trust my own decision-making. He had a shallow view of who I was, but never really knew me. I felt like I should be grateful for my mom because her childhood was worse. I didn't feel like it was okay to feel my own sadness. I couldn't win, no matter how good or kind I was. My childhood felt like soul rape. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of things that people felt. This is going to be a little bit longer, this just episode, because I've got two more sections that I want to be able to touch base on. I was talking how a lot of times people felt. And in the contrast, the book goes into a little bit of detail. It says, when they asked the same people the questions of how other people would describe their covert narcissistic parents or moms or dads, like these are the answers that they heard. So if someone was describing your parent, if someone was describing that covert narcissistic parent, a lot of times what they'd hear She's so nice. She understands people and really cares. She's charismatic. She's helpful. He's so kind, patient, such a good listener. She's so loving. She's a great mom and a great wife. He's such a great dad. He's so laid back and easy to be around. Kind of a big difference, isn't it? 
And that's where a lot of times that cognitive dissonance like falls. Of like, wait a second, like all these people are saying these good things, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not seeing it. That cognitive dissonance starts early in life. In the book, it says, I also asked them what the messages, what messages they received from their covert narcissistic parent about themselves, whether they said them directly or covertly through the looks, actions, and manipulative talk. Here are some of the messages. You're not worthy of being taken care of. You're fat, lazy, sloppy. You're no good as me. You're not as good as me. You're not as smart as me. You've ruined my life and you need to atone for it. You're responsible for my happiness. You're beautiful, smart, and lazy. You have all this wonderful stuff, but you won't you don't, don't use it. You can't trust yourself. You will never be as perfect as me. I always know more than you and always will. You can't do anything on your own. You are you are only wanted when you are nice. No one will want all of you. You're weak. You're too sensitive. You're too soft-hearted. You're annoying. You're pretty. You can do anything. No matter how perfect you are, you will never be enough. The book goes on to say, when I asked one woman what messages she got from her covert narcissistic mom, she said, you're beautiful and you're better than all the other kids and you were shit. There's an accurate picture of what it is like to grow up with a covert narcissistic parent experiencing intermittent reinforcement and destructive mixed messages. Words and actions that appear loving, contrasted with demeaning and devaluing messages, whether straightforward or subtle, provides the cognitive dissonance that sets you up to be in a trauma bond with them and to be in a trauma bond with partners down the road because it feels normal. Kids will learn to make excuses for the covert narcissistic parent's absence. The covert narcissistic parent knows just what to say to keep their kids believing their lies and manipulative tactics. You see, covert narcissistic parents lie. They're manipulative. They lack empathy, a strong sense of self. They're selfish. They'll put other things ahead of their kids and they'll make it sound as if they have a reasonable excuse for doing so. Their words don't match their actions. They will act like the victim and blame the other parent or the child for the things that are true, in fact, of the covert narcissist. They create drama, but act as if they're not the cause of it. They love bomb, devalue, and can discard their kids if the children do not give the attention that they require. However, to the outside world, they often look ideal. Adults who've been raised by a covert narcissistic parent are deeply wounded and find it difficult to find profound value. You've been given messages about yourself and life that are not true. You deserve so much better than that. Hopefully just by listening to some of the stuff that we went through today, I know it's a little bit different, but just reading through some of that and seeing the comments down below of people saying like, whoa, like that was me. That was me. I want you to know this simple truth. You're not alone. You're not crazy. And you're not helpless.